0: If you want real stories, real life tools for resilience and in-depth conversations directly from those involved, then look no further than the HSE Heroes. This podcast, proudly sponsored and produced by The Safety Shed, is your gateway to authentic narratives in the realm of workplace safety. The Safety Shed, a company dedicated to working with high-risk industries, offering free site surveys and bespoke safety solutions nationwide. Offering more than just accounts of incidents, HSE Heroes is a platform that provides tangible tools for resilience and engages in profound conversations directly with the individuals who've experienced these challenges. As your host, Alex is here to guide you through these compelling stories, offering insights and inspiration. So join us on this journey, where every episode unfolds into the exploration of real stories and practical tools for resilience. Tune in and immerse yourself into the world of HSE Heroes, where authenticity and depth take centre stage. Um, So yeah, HSE Heroes, uh, fourth in the series, I'm sure you're all back in your droves, listening intently as always. Um, Very special guest today, Um, we've we've spoken quite a little bit this morning already and the the story is unbelievably powerful, I know you're all going to take a lot out of it. Um, SK Life Coach, Steve Kirby, I appreciate you coming over, mate, all, all the way from, from Sunny Hull, Cheers, driving over. It's, I think it always makes a massive difference in person.
1: Yeah, um, I've done a few podcasts through video call, but this yeah. is first in person, it's just better atmosphere. It? it is,
0: atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, much, much better, yeah. So, um, so we'll get into it. I mean, you, you, your message, your Everything aligns with what we're trying to do here at HC Heroes. Um, so we'll get into it, but as I always do, I'll go right back to the beginning with my guests. So um, where you grew up, what your interests were, and then into your professional life. And, uh, and we'll get into the accident and stuff from there, Steve. So yeah, over to you, mate. Right, cool. So basically, I was, I was born
1: in Hull mm-hmm. um, on a, a council estate, Preston Road. Not the nicest of the places. Um, uh, my dad left when I was 10, so it was me my mum and my sister. Yeah. So I felt like I had to grow up really, really fast to kind of look out for my mum and my sister. Yeah. Fairly tough times until my mum got with my stepdad. Uh when I was about 14. I was a little bit of a, a naughty teen, as a <laughs> lot of us are. Um yeah. didn't know where I wanted to go in life. No didn't know I wanted. ironically, I wanted to be a policeman, but I was always in that much trouble. <laughs> and I don't think that was ever gonna happen. Yeah. And then I was I was in and out of jobs for a little bit when I left school. Left school with no qualifications. Mm. Uh, trained as a joiner for a couple of years, but then hated it. Yeah. And at the age of twenty, I got into demolition. All right. Uh, okay. On a site locally to me, uh, big company KDC Contractors. Mm-hmm. And just started off as a site labourer. And literally, as soon as I started, I just loved it. the mm. The banter with the guys used to rip me to bits. You know, as you can imagine, yeah. new, new lad. Um, running about site for them. And, okay. But I saw the size of some of the machines, like 60-ton machines and stuff, and I just thought, I want to play in one of them. Yeah. And, and then they asked me if I'd work away, because I was working locally. Okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for anything. So with KDC, first off, they put me through my, my crusher ticket, so I was crushing concrete. Oh. But back then, you used to stand on the crusher, throwing the rebar out as it's crushing it. Not so really? That a of a scary job to start with, but <laughs> yeah. complacency—you get used to it—and actually went it over and over. Then I got my Moxie dump truck ticket. Then my loading and Cheval. Then I eventually got three sixty above and below ten ton, which wow. is what I wanted. Before works. So yeah, so I worked. We I travelled the country with KDC, mm. our nuclear plants, quarries, all over the place for about eight years. All high risk stuff then. All high risk stuff, but it. it I think for an outsider coming into that environment, mm. it, it'd be really, really scary. But mm. when you're you've grown up in it and it's been what you do,
2: yeah.
1: You forget how dangerous a lot of that plant is and the jobs that you're doing. Yeah, you come a bit blind to it, don't you? Yeah, definitely. So and then got to well, twenty seven, I I was I was seeing Katie and she got pregnant and Harry was on his way. So yeah. I, I couldn't work away no more. It we got to a point where it was like I can't be away five days a week. It's a long
0: time, isn't it? And luckily
1: a job came up locally to me again, back on a site I worked on a lot. And I was fortunate enough to, to get a job close to home. Oh that's good. Um got Katie. She she would, Joe was like four, nearly four years well, it's free when I got over.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so and then within a year we have got her, Rented the house oh nice and um, harry was born yeah i took john as as man as my own so um, she
0: had kids before did she it's just the one just the one yeah
1: so and that's where life kind of mm. started if yes. you like
0: yeah and then everything was going well
1: work was just typical i was working working for i want, I want traveling so i was home every night but because of that i wasn't earning the money that i used to be earning yeah. working away yeah so we kind of lived week to week mm and and we just plodded on it was it was as it was yeah and then at the age of 32 harry was four joe was eight right and i went to we just had christmas just had two weeks off
2: yeah
1: i had, had a, a a nice christmas and going back to work it's of january Freezing cold that day. thick snow, two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. I remember it now was one of the worst winters we've had yeah. in a while. Yeah. I had breakfast with the kids, got them ready for nursery and school, kissed them both goodbye. Work was only a ten minute drive, mm. so I guess to work, and before before we before the Christmas break, we dug out to me as a bigger driver, I'd dug out a trench yeah for a sixty meter section of six hundred mil pipe right thermal insulated pipe for an underground uh, fire hydrant system high pressure fire hydrant system very high pressure so we um one goes into gonna, the sorry mate, i'm just gonna we'll edit this out i'm just gonna
0: triple check that that's plugged in there
1: i think that might be yeah
0: good sorry sorry buddy what
1: no so gets on site that morning yeah and we was told that the section that we'd installed already hmm. needed to be hydrostatic pressure tested before i could dig out the next section right okay so i i didn't know what hydro test was i've never done one never yeah. seen one
0: is that normal procedure then to test before you move
2: on or? A,
1: apparently each section before Chris was going to put a bend on it and it was all going right. to go in different direction. so yeah. that section needed needed pressure testing
2: yeah again i had
1: no training in it. i didn't all I, I dug out the trench and i'll lift the pipes in place and the lads fit yeah. it together that was that was all i knew about it. Right. Okay. so when it comes to doing this pressure test we went in the office there were six of us all together in the team and yeah. Well, there was five, but they brought a guy in with a street works card because they couldn't get a specialist team in to do this hydrostatic hard- hard- like pressure test. Yeah. Because it was so soon after Christmas mm. and last minute type, of it, just like the day they organised it. Mm. They brought this guy in from an agency. Right. And they had a, like an engineer kind of overlooking it. Mm. And the method statement was really simple. All we had to do was fill the line with water. Yeah. Until there's water coming out the valves. Right. Once there's water coming out, literally close the valve, get the compressor on, pressurize it. Yeah. Get it to 28 bar pressure.
0: Just so you know, it's safe to go. Yeah, 28 bar yeah.
1: pressure. That, that's right. basically it. So. Right. Okay. We we signed everything. The risk assessment, looking back, was just a generic one that had been thrown together really? last minute on the day. On the day, so yeah. there was bits of it what was for other works but like mm. literally installing the pipework but yeah. then the bits added for the actual test right okay but we signed it now because we saw just crack on yeah gets on site and we did our on-site risk assessment slips trips access egress yeah and it, as i said it was fixed now. it'd been horrible during well it's nice while i was off work for <laughs> two weeks but then upon returning the site was just way over really right and freezing, then. freezing cold and we, we we assessed the area and it was all good to go yeah I'm a typical digger driver so <laughs> I couldn't dig, do anything else I couldn't dig the next section out until yeah. that had been tested and passed off yeah so uh, yeah, I, a, bit, a bit
0: of a limbo moment
1: yeah so I jumped in my machine turns the heaters on yeah. sticks are really on <laughs> sat there nice and warm watching the guys start and it was it was just again normal day mm. that's that's how it was everything was just going alright. but after the, the filled it with water and there was water coming out of the valve and i remember closing the valve off and then they started pressurizing and then after about an hour mm. i heard one of the lads say oh it's leaking at the at the flange on the spigot end right okay so the guy who was the competent guy with the street works card yeah. was like right? step 10 compressor off." Mm-hmm. It's getting there and tightening up that nut on the ball. So we had two young lads with us, Anthony and Jordan. Yeah. Both 18, both keen to do something, both stood there freezing. Yeah. It is. So they get in the trench, and you had Jordan sat on the pipe, mm-hmm. on the spigot end, and Anthony stood in front of it. Got a spanner each, and they're getting to get the leverage to tighten up his flange face. Yeah. So they tightens it up, and they get out of the trench. About another hour or so passes, mm-hmm. and it starts leaking again at 5 bar. Right in a different area,
0: different areas. So, of time, right, so right.
1: again, same same flange but different areas of the oh, flange. Okay, right, so I if you imagine I'll I'll show you some pictures. Yeah, but if it's any small leak. There's not a lot of work coming up, but it's leaking, and that's yeah. to towards that's why the pressure won't building up. Right. Okay. Fast enough because there's a leak. Yeah, yeah. So the gets back in again, tightens it up. Yeah. Gets out. It then gets to lunchtime, so it's what, half past 12?
0: It's a long time, isn't it,
1: so yeah, far? it started out half eight, nine o'clock. Right, okay. And then it gets to lunchtime, and it's at 10 bar, and it's leaking. <laughs> so at that point, something didn't feel right. Yeah. So I want a supervisor then, mm. but I, I'd, I'd been in the game for 12 years, and with demolition and construction. Yeah. And I thought I was a, a competent person, mm. if you like. And it so didn't feel right, so I was like, right, before you go in again, someone go to the office yeah. and a word of the manager is telling him what's gone on. Right. So James gets in the van, five minute drive to the office mm. from the site, Gets into sees the manager, he explains everything I've just said, it's leaked at three bar, five bar, it's now leaking again at ten bar. Mm. He looks on his website and goes on to the manufacturer, manufacturing the pipework, goes yeah. on to their website and it states on there it can be tested up to 38 bar, where are they going up to 28? right so he's like no no carry on be fine keep doing what you're doing so that was the extent of his that was what he did yeah he he, he was really busy he had all sorts going on and he should have obviously hindsight come out and Mm -hmm. had a look and looked at it from his own perspective yeah but he didn't he looked at his laptop went on to their site said no it's fine it can't go nowhere it can go up to 30 back and carry on yeah so he comes back he's like no no it's fine so the guy's Again, and mm-hmm. ten bar get back in, tighten it up. Yeah. And then a couple of hours passes, and I hear Jordan shout, "For fuck's sake, it's leaking again." Oh on, way And it's at eighteen bar of pressure. Wow. What's well, a good. Now it's two minutes past three, and we go on. We finish at four. Right. So we normally cause it dark nights as well. Yeah. So we normally pack up at around quarter four. So it's not long left. It's not long left. It's yeah. two minutes past three. It's taken all day mm. to get to 18 bar of pressure yeah we've still got another 10 bar to go there's mm-hmm. no way it's going to get there so in my mind i don't want to work there. i'm not doing all the time i have yeah. getting sat here all day bored on my head yeah i just want to get it done now i probably weighed around 16 stone at that time and i've been bodybuilding from about the age of 16 right while wow. working out yeah so what weights when you say we say about hobbies mm-hmm. in, yeah that has been my main hobby mm-hmm. all my life is because just for throwing weights about yeah it helps my mental health it helps yeah. my physical health so i was probably i was probably 16 stone i'm probably done about 13 and a half 14 now so right okay it's a big size difference yeah big last so i get on my machine and i said to jordan give us your harness mm-hmm. and he was like what are you doing i went i'm gonna go in I'm going to tighten up all 24 nuts and bolts yeah again i wasn't being ho, i just knew that i was physically stronger than these two yeah. yeah i wanted to go on i wanted to get the job done
2: so
0: instead of waiting for each area to let you just went round them all yeah, yeah i thought i
1: all 24 nuts and bolts there's yeah. 24 nuts and bolts on that flange yeah instead of doing like two or three the other two or three like there was it need, it's not tight enough and in my head that's why it's not getting up to pressure yeah because it's not tight it's not tight enough yeah so gets the harness on grabs hold of the two spanners walks towards the stre- the trench as I stepped on the ladder I passed the spanners back right to the end
0: the trench so you can get down
1: here yeah. so the trench is only about chest height maybe right So you know I mean it's it's not a, a massive trench mm. but it's, it's fairly deep yeah so I entered the trench and the guy with the spanners was to the left of me the pipes directly in front of me mm-hmm. 600 mil pipe 60 meters and, and then reach up to him to get the spanners and that, that I don't remember a bang or anything I reached up to him and as that happened the spigot end blew off at 18 wow. barrel pressure so you've
0: not even touched it it just I didn't touch off. it and if
1: I would took the spanners if I'd, if I'd gone down with the spanners yeah I'd have been directly in front of it yeah and it would have cut me in half wow it was it was that much of a blast for for whatever reason, thankfully I passed the spanners to yeah. someone else while I entered. Yeah. I then reached up the guy the guy had moved from a right hand side as well, mm. where there want a lot of room. Right. To the left hand side. And then as I reached up, I don't remember nothing. Mm. But it blew. Right. And it went with um I don't remember a bang, but it went with a, a huge bang. I
0: mean 18 um, wow, that's gonna be a, a it's like a bomb going on. Yeah,
1: a big massive ball the way jordan describes it in his statement what i read on my presentation was yeah. a ball of white water coming towards him wow. so the water just blew now i'm reaching for the spanners and then all of a sudden i'm trapped under water i didn't even know i was at work i'd been knocked unconscious. knowing now i'd yeah. been knocked unconscious mm. and then came back to underwater right. oh my god i didn't know which way was up because i'm kind of getting thrown about yeah so i'm um, i remember all i remember is a lot of bubbles and mud and stones mm. and and I, I thought i was in the humber i thought i don't know why i thought I was in the Humber, it's just because it was murky water and it yeah. was confused. yeah confused was really confused not i didn't know i was at work i had no idea yeah. i was at work I, I didn't know if i fell off a boat or yeah something i mean it was and i just didn't know which way it was up wow. now when they say your life kind of flashes before you yeah all i could think about was harry and joe my two boys yeah there was four and eight right that time, at that time and no matter how much i tried i didn't know which way it was up mm. i couldn't I, it was like being in a washing machine so Jeez. i'm i'm praying to god i'm not a, a religious person but i'm mm. praying to god please please i'm fair too i can't leave my kids i can't yeah. it, it, And. Like my mum, I remember speaking to mm-hmm. my mom, screaming for my mum in oh my head. My dad, my sister. Oh my full God. life just flashed before you. Now really? I felt like I was trapped under there forever. Yeah. But the reality is I was probably in there for forty seconds to a minute.
0: That's still a really long time.
1: Yeah. Again, I i I only re- realise now how long a minute. minute. A minute trapped, drowned in and in your own head. That's an hour. It's yeah, it's it's a long, long time. There's yeah. a lot that can go through your head in that amount of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I felt myself rise up. Okay. And basically, what happened was young Jordan, when it blew, everyone kind of turned or ran because of the blast. Yeah. The instinct, you're going to some. off, you're going to go in the opposite direction. Of course, you are. Jordan turned around and he saw me. After I was fighting to get out, I was just laid face down. Really? In the water. Wow. He jumps in, lifts me up. And as he lifts my face out of water, people had heard the blast and come running
2: over. Really? So
1: as he lifted me, I just saw loads of faces, and I didn't know was that or yeah. I was at work no more. I'd gone to a different place while I was down there. Yeah. But when he lifted me up, I just saw all these faces, realised I'm at work, mm. and they were all screaming at me. He Can't breathe. They used to call me fatty. I was like, fatty, <laughs> fucking breathe. And I remember being stood there, thinking yeah. somebody please help me. I, I wanted to breathe. Yeah. I just couldn't. Now it, it won't come out. And basically, I'd swallowed that much water, oh, I, really? I was still
0: drowning. So, you were drowning even though you were out, yeah.
1: And then, with that, Jordan passed me to like the to one of the other guys out the trench, yeah. And as he pulled me out, the water dislodged, and out. I was right. able to get my breath. And um, but again, I didn't realize what had gone on, I didn't know what was happening, and yeah. And basically, considering the size of the blast, like my dig around was I had an eight ton machine. And my digger arm was in in the trench. The impact from the spigot end, which was a few meters away, yeah, moved my eight-ton digger arm to the end of the trench. So literally, maybe a meter or so to the end of the trench. So that was some impact. Yeah. So if that spigot end had have hit me, it would have killed me. I'd be, yeah,
2: instantly.
1: Yeah, it cut me in half. Yeah i think what's happened is the amount of air that was trapped in the pipe yeah when the spigot ends come loose before it's actually blown off Mm. like the air in the water's blown out and i think that's blown me into into the air yeah because my boots was found 20 feet away really so my boots was blown clean off my feet and found Ah. literally in another part of the side no way so i must have gone quite high yeah you must have done yeah and then i've landed back in the water maybe hit my head because i needed stitches and i'd Cut in the back of my head. Right. Eight and nine stitches, some like that. One, yeah. Not massive, but that's probably where I'd hit it. Yeah. My arms had been hyperextended, so my elbows had gone the wrong way. Oh so I ripped on my tendons in the blast. My boiler suit and my harness mm. had been blown clean off my shoulders. Oh my God. And I had pipe bedding, like the gravel we put around the pipe. All the pipe bedding was stuck in my face, my neck, my chest, my shoulders, like shrapnel where it it is shrapnel, isn't it? Yeah, where Full it come where, where it come at me. Oh my God! Steve. But physically, other than that, yeah, really, really lucky. I I tore all the tendons in my feet where my, my balls have. My feet must have gone the wrong way for my boots to be able to yeah. Um And I was battered and bruised. Yeah, from from the water. But physically, I was really, really lucky. I know it sounds, <laughs> <laughs> but but. I I, I now know, we can come back to later on, but I now mm. know when this type of thing happens and there's somebody in the trench, yeah, the the guys it's it's a fatality.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I know yeah. one at three bar, I know another one at five bar, and any any that I've ever read about where there's literally a guy in the trench yeah. and they're in a the first block or anything, yeah, it, it ends in a fatality. So I I now looking. I am to be sat here yeah. today. And when I'm t- doing my talks mm. all over the country and I speak to some of these companies that do this day in and day out, yeah. they tell me how lucky I am to be And I know this. I think you know not going <laughs> to now yeah. after, after that. But, but for me, physically I was lucky, but for me it was my mental health yeah. that it impacted more. Mm. So before this accident, as I said, I was brought up, me, my mum and my sister, mm. on a council estate, grew up really, really quick, I was yeah. brought up to be tough, I had to yeah. say I am tough, I'm not sitting, I'm not here saying I'm, yeah. a, I'm, yeah, I know I'm an advocate, but I was brought up to be tough because yeah. if you showed any kind of weakness, mm. you, you got shit took off you, you got bullied at school, you, it, it went, it, it go on and on.
0: Yeah, so you, you had to, didn't you? Yeah,
1: so you had to be tough to look after yourself yeah. and your family, and those are on you. Yeah. So I was brought up to be tough yeah. and I was taught boys don't cry and mm. all that type of stuff. And then I went into demolition, mm. which again was a male-dominant environment. Yeah. It was you'd be sat in the pub every night and I was working away, mm. and laughing shit off. If you were going through any troubles, again you didn't want to talk to anyone about it. Because yeah. in in your head, you'd get this shit ripped out of yeah. you. Like mm. I was in a relationship from about the age about the age of 20 to 26. Right. So at the time I was working away. Yeah. And we had some we was buying a house, there was a lot of stresses, a lot of problems. Yeah. And there's probably times looking back where I needed to talk to somebody. Mm. I should have spoke to somebody. Did you think it was an option at the time though? No, because if I if if I'd have said out, they'd have just ripped me to bit. They probably wouldn't have. Yeah. There would have been someone there to listen. Yeah. yeah. But in my mind, they'd have ripped me to bits. Yeah. So as a guy, I'm I'm dealing with it. Mm. Deal with it. And that's what we do. It's yeah. You put it in that rucksack on your shoulders and it's Mm. another emotion that you're dealing with. Yeah. And so at the time after the accident, I, I didn't believe in depression. Mm-hmm. If, the day before that accident, if one of my colleagues had come up to me and said, "I've got two weeks off work. I'm depressed," mm-hmm. I was the guy saying, Fuck man up and get on with it." You yeah. Know what I mean, what are you going to do? Go home and lay in bed for two weeks? <laughs> yeah. Just crack on. You can physically do your job. Mm-hmm. It's an excuse to stay off. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then that night. After the accident, I went. eventually got to the hospital, again, someone can come back to but Yeah. I eventually got to the hospital and I got stitched up and I had scans on my arms, my feet. I got the pipe in and out and then they wanted to keep me in because I'd been unconscious and I'd drowned. Yeah. So they was trying to find me a bed and they was like, we need to sort of keep you in for observations. And I was like, no, I need to get out to my kids. My boys know that. I, I've been in an accident. Yeah. The four and eight, the worried that dad's
0: You just needed to show I, them you were all right. I just needed to
1: show my kids that I'm there. I'm good. Yeah. I didn't need why stay in a hospital better I can go onto my own bed. Yeah. That's where my head was at. Yeah. So I discharged myself, I signed what needed to be signed. Mm. Couldn't I could stand up but I couldn't walk. I could shuffle. Right. With my injuries. I like that, that and that was even that was then. Yeah. As the days went on and the bruising started coming on, mm. I, I physically couldn't move for a while. Yeah. I <coughs> but I eventually got home that night and I couldn't move my arms because of the damage I'd done to my ligaments and the tendons in my arms. Yeah. But I lived with the boys until they fell asleep. I got home about half eleven, 12 yeah. o'clock midnight. Yeah. Lived with them, they were just happy to see me. Yeah. I was a bit I shocked at the state of me, but mm. they was just happy that I was home. Yeah. I then went to bed and it took a while for me to relax enough to be able to fall asleep, yeah, but as soon as I closed my eyes and nodded off,
0: yeah.
1: I was back in the water.
0: Oh really, flashbacks immediately.
1: Literally, the smells, the sounds, the bubbles, yeah. screaming for my kids, oh, screaming my for God. my mum, praying, praying to God, please, please, I can't mm-hmm. die. I can't leave my kids. And then Katie woke me up, the boys moment, and said, look, you're having a nightmare and yeah. I was having a full on panic attack, something I'd never had in my life mm. and couldn't breathe. She calmed me down, she got me a glass of water. About an hour or so passed mm. and I was exhausted. It had been a really, obviously a lot going on and, so yeah. day of that, and I fell asleep again. But again, the second night I went into that sleep, yeah, I think when we, when any of us fall asleep and we, our legs kick, cause we feel like we fell off. So yeah. like that moment where you go. Yeah. In that moment, I, I relived the full thing again.
2: Oh I was literally,
1: I, I was still literally close my eyes for a second, Yeah. But li- relived the full minute. My God. And then Katie woke me up again. She was like, you you ran a nightmare. Yeah. My way of dealing with that the next day was, I'll have a couple beers to set the edge off. Yeah. So it was just after Christmas. We still had mm. a fridge full of beer. There was all sorts of the atmosphere. Yeah. So I said to Katie, well, you get me a can, please. Mm. And she was like, this was later on in the afternoon. She was like, no, you, you, the, the hospital's to be the strongest painkillers. Mm. You can, the can. Right. You can't drink on them. Right. And I was like, I can, I'll be all right. Yeah. And she was like, I was like, Kate, hey, don't question me. Just get me a can, please. I need a drink. Yeah. I needed something to, I couldn't stop shaking. I needed to take that edge off. Yeah. Is that the
0: only thing you could think of to? Yeah, it was,
1: well, it's something mm-hmm. I've done all, all my life. Yeah. Was, you have a beer. Don't yeah, me. go to, yeah. Yeah. So, and from that moment, I started self-medicating. Right. So it went from that one can to whatever was left in the fridge. So I think we had about ten cans, twelve right. cans left in there. Right. And I, I didn't stop till it was all gone. Yeah. I can't remember whether I had flashbacks that night or not, but mm. I, I got literally got self pissed and went to sleep. Yeah. The following day, it was any bits of spirits that was left. So mm. Jack Daniels, vodka, Morgan Spice Rum, whatever yeah. was in in the cupboard okay it was like i can get you another one mm. and i'd literally walk i couldn't walk but i'd get up and drag myself across the bench Jeez, to the kitchen away. to pour a drink or wow. take the bottle of me like yeah. sat drinking tea. by the fed day, i am not and nothing left, so i'm sending kate to shop yeah to get toilet bottle of cheap cider anything just to just yeah swiggle away away
0: so it's quite quite a rapid
1: oh yeah straight away I just, yeah but i'd I've never had a problem with drink, I don't mm. think I had, but like, it, and I was never, it never got hold of me as such, but I'd always drank. Yeah. So, working away, I drank every night. Mm. Not a big drinker in home at that point of, of the accident, but weekends, yeah. I'd always, if football's on, boxing's on, yeah, I'd have a drink.
2: Yeah. So, that's it, that's it awesome. was always
1: kind of my go to. Yeah. And so, at this point, I'm sending Katie to shop and start with, she was like, right, I will do, but. That's it, you've got to start. Yeah. And then time went on, mm. a week passed. I didn't know when I was, what money was happening. I didn't know if I was getting paid. I didn't know where money was coming from. Yeah. We lived week to week. Right. I was ringing my mum and saying, Mom, will you go to Asden and drop me a crate off? Yeah. Like, canned crate of blood or something. Mm. And to start with, she would. And I'm like, as soon as I get sorted, I get back to work, I'll sort you out. Yeah. And then it got to a point where Katie was. Bringing my mum and saying don't bring him no beer, don't, really? don't bring him drink. But at this point, a few weeks had passed, mm. and I got to. I remember once Harry, Harry's four. Yeah. He wants to play with his
2: dad. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm still. I can't remember. Like even weeks later, I I, I was booked in at physio because I needed cortisol injections in the elbows. All right, yeah. You know to move my arms. Yeah. And I'm sat, I'm not so much in a lot of pain come I'm in a lot of pain relief, but I can't move. I'm making. Yeah. Harry's coming over, he wants to climb, me and he wants to play. Mm. And I physically pushed him away and told him, fuck off to your I was like, fuck yeah. off to mum. Yeah. And he went away crying, mm. went to his mum. And then I remember thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And I, I, remember I went into the bathroom and I sat and cried for about five minutes, yeah. thinking, what is up with me? Because I was up and down, yeah, like, emotion wise. And then I squash my face and walk out and Katie but like, you alright? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, smile like, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with it. Yeah. Rushing it off. Yeah. And I, I wasn't dealing with it. It was getting, it was, I was getting worse and worse. So yeah. like, looking back now. Joe could be playing with his toys mm. in the living room and he'd leave them and I'd be like, get them put away, please. Mm. And he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, get the fucking baby ground here. Mm. And i I'd just lose it instantly. I was angry. I was agitated. I was stressed. And then it, the drinking just didn't help with any of that looking no. right but then i didn't know where money was coming from so i remember provident was our local loan man
2: yeah I,
1: and I, I got a loan to help pay towards the bills and food mm. and keep me stocked up in alcohol yeah but i didn't know when i was going to pay it yeah but i said i was still I was working blah blah then i started gambling because i thought i'm going to win big and that'll sort us out i see so yeah. then I was I was using credit cards to gamble, I okay, didn't even know about. All. Wow! And I wasn't winning; oh, I was losing. Yeah. So then bills was going to be coming in. Yeah. So
0: I fell in. Looking back now, I fell into that spiral. of yeah. Depression. Do you know I mean I was, I was sinking. And and other bits as well, you know the, means means yeah. to cope. Yeah. I, I and, was, like,
1: and and all I was doing was making everything kind of worse. And looking back now, yeah, it was making everything more difficult. And it got to a point where. I'd sit on a night there thinking about mm. what happened, mm. the accident. And I think I was supposed to die that day. That yeah. was my day to die. And I think maybe previously, a bit before I'd watched Final Destination. Yeah. And it was out around about that time, I think. And yeah, it was. And obviously the cheat death cheat death death comes from. Yeah. And in my mind, that's that's what had happened. I'd cheated death. So that's where your mind went to. So and yeah, and the, the more I drank, yeah, the more I'd sit there thinking, it's it's gonna get me. It's coming. Mm. And then I remember my dad turning up one day to take me to physio for my injections. Yeah. And I dare go. Right. I would leave the I dare leave the office. But if I leave the office, it's it's gonna get me yeah. when, I'm, when I'm gonna go. So I had a drink. Like right. First, week. I was drinking a lot, but I never drank in the morning. Right. I'd, okay. I'd wait until at least. Afternoon time, yeah, before I open the can or yeah. but then I thought if I have a drink, I can't go right. So I had a drink, and my dad turned up, he's like, What are you doing? And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't go, and he's like, You, you why are you doing that? Yeah. And I, I said, so I can't explain to you, but I i, I can't go today, yeah. He's like, you're, you're gonna be in pain with your arms. I was like, I'll go tomorrow, I don't mean, I'll ring them up, yeah, but it's because I dare leave the house, yeah, and then it got so bad, I started thinking. Like mm. maybe maybe that was my day to die. Maybe mm. I was supposed to be here, yeah. mm. and then my mind kind of started getting really really dark to the point of I don't want to be you know. When yeah. The kids will be better off about me. The kids will be better off about mm. me. I was supposed to die.
0: Looking back, did you think it was? Looking back, those steps, like going into depression and then almost agoraphobia, wasn't it? Not yeah, leaving yeah. the house. The alcohol the gambling and did you feel like it was looking back more of a step-by-step thing right to the yeah. suicidal thoughts right right to
1: the the, 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 my, my, the man became that negative yeah there was no positivity in anything yeah you know i mean i couldn't i couldn't see any positives and that's why i see it now as a spiral of depression yeah. because you have one negative thought mm. and you can't let go of it and then all of a sudden that another one comes and another one. it's another like a one. chain reaction it's a chain bit. reaction and then and then you're kind of self-destructing. Yeah. So the alcohol, the gambling, the until you get to that point where it's like you're in the bottom of that hole. Yeah. And it's like, what? There's no way out. What do do? There's
0: just two options, isn't there? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I started planning suicide. Right. Um, hopefully you're gonna put a bit of a warning before yeah absolutely. goes out. Yeah. About yeah.
0: Suicide and thoughts. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But um, but yeah, I started planning. I thought my family'd be better off if I here. Mm. I didn't want to be here it got to a point where i really didn't want to be here no more yeah but i didn't want anyone to find me so i didn't want to do it protect tablets or do it in a way where yeah someone could find me and that puts that trauma on them yeah but i thought if i can just disappear people will get over me
0: i think a lot of people think you know what i
1: mean yeah the only way i could think of to disappear living being from home yeah Is the Humber bridge which yeah. is a local suicide mm. spot and I drove to the car park twice. Wow! What like, and I sat and cried my eyes out in my car. But having drowned already, yeah, at the time of the accident and knowing what it feels like to be drowned in, mm. I just didn't have the balls. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'd go back home and I'd be a mess, but I'd walk in and Katie'd be like, "Wait, are you alright?" And mm. I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with it." Jeez, and uh, so this was about twelve weeks after the accident, I think.
0: That's not one.
1: is not rapid, yeah. yeah. And then I think not long after the second time I'd, I'd been on one of my little drives, yeah. it's K it like, "Where are you going, because no, yeah. I wasn't telling out, so it made it look even in, in error. It was even worse. When yeah. I was i seeing somebody else. What, what was I doing? I was still physically not in a great place. I was battered. Yeah. I was told I'd never lift weights again the way I used to. Uh, the amount of drinking I was doing and just eating, not doing that, I would put on a lot of weight. Yeah. And I. I just wasn't me normal. I'd lost all my self worth, lost yeah. all my confidence. And me and Kate ended up having a massive argument. Mm-hmm. Right. She she went to town on me, mm-hmm. and she said, "You you need to ring a doctor, and get help, or you pack a bag and you leave, right. because we cannot carry on. It's not fair on the kids. It's not fair on me. It's not fair on you. You need to get help." Yeah. And my ego, I just <laughs> ran upstairs or walked upstairs, got a bag. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going because I'm going anyhow. Yeah. I just didn't know how. And I started packing the bag, and while I'm packing, my bag, I'm just like I can't remember what I was putting in it with pants and stuff. just throwing anything, anything in anything it. In it here. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, all of a sudden, I'm back underwater again. I, I, the smells, the sounds, the bubbles, I'm trapped, mm. and I'm screaming to God, please, please, I can't leave my kids. And it was as loud and as real as mm. we are now in yeah, my head, really,
0: like a message. And,
1: yeah, it was just, it was just a full-on flashback. Wow. And I fell to my knees and i just brought down i had a phone mm-hmm. right now i couldn't breathe I'm, I'm crying i'm shaking wow the boys came running in the bedroom yeah. they've got hold of me they're crying kate has got hold of me she's right i'm gonna run a doctor mm. and she ran a doctor and he he came out that that same day like a few hours later he obviously they, he knew about the injuries and about the accident
2: yeah Kate
1: explained that i'm in a real bad place mentally mm-hmm. and He came out and he took one look at me and he said, Steve, I'm not a clinical psychologist. Yeah. But you've got PTSD, Mm. anxiety, depression. And I started laughing at him and I said, guys like me, you've got to get PTSD.
2: Yeah.
1: I said, you get that in Afghanistan and Iraq and in the forces. It's not." Mm. He said, no, anyone that's gone through any trauma can suffer some form of PTSD. And he said, look, I'm going to get you help. So... He'd ran Victoria House, which is a mental health hospital in Hull. Yeah. And he got me I got an appointment the next day. Yeah. And I went, my dad took me, went to the appointment, and I sat with the lady and I explained everything. I've just we've just spoken about, in a lot more detail. Yeah about, about the anger, the frustration, the, the emotional,
2: the yeah.
1: crying, the everything, the drinking. Mm. And she sat with a tear in her eyes, looking at me, and she said, I'm sorry, Steve, I can't help you. Oh God! Um,
0: how was that hearing that at that point well
1: basically she said she wasn't qualified enough she said i can't help you i'm not qualified enough wow. she said but i'm going to speak to a colleague and mm. we'll, we'll get you somebody will get you the help right But my dad had taken me that day and when i left i it, it was in my head nobody could help me because that was my day tonight and yeah. i cheated I cheated death
0: so you kept going so, back to that so you. she
1: can't help me. that's when my brain kept going yeah so it's like she can't help me yeah and like I, like i do believe everything happens for a reason and at that yeah. point i believe everything was happening for a reason yeah she couldn't help me for because mm. i wasn't supposed to be here
2: right. right
1: and on the way home i got my dad to stop at garage and i went and it he was like what are you getting i said oh, do you need that he's like no and i came yeah. out with leaving half bottle of cheap vodka yeah and he was like what you got that for mm. and i was like I, I i need a drink and i, I, I walked in the house i didn't even talk to the kids okay i went straight upstairs yeah and i sat with this bottle of vodka and i must have downed it within about five minutes really but with every mouthful yeah i didn't want to wake up that was in my head i just didn't want to wake up so I, I drank that i, I must have gone to sleep yeah um kate woke me up the next morning and it was late. I yeah, there, yeah. and like I had the worst head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want in a great place. Yeah. And she said, You've got to get ready, you've got to go back to Victoria House mm. to the mental health hospital. And I was like, oh, I can't, Actually, you've got a, you've got an appointment. Mm. And I went and I sat with this lady, and again I told her everything. Yeah. And she sat with a smile on her face.
2: Right.
1: And she said, I can help you. And the second she said that mm. I felt like a massive weight being lifted off my shoulders. I, I could just breathe. really it was i think it was just that someone saying you're gonna be all right
0: yeah some support yeah
1: because as much as people close to me was trying yeah i wasn't listening you know i didn't need help i was dealing Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. now as soon as this professional woman said to me i can help you
2: yeah
1: it was like (sighs) wow i could breathe so did it actually it felt like you were it was a relief off. And then what it was, I, that was from the NHS. Right. I was seeing her mm. and normally you get like one session a week for four months. Right. Right, that's your quarter. I was seeing it twice a week for most of it. Right. So, but one thing that I didn't agree with was my very first session. She wanted to go back to my childhood.
2: Right. And as I said
1: at the beginning, my dad left when I was ten. Yeah. Got a great relationship with both my mum and my dad now. Yeah. But their relationship was toxic. Yeah. And I witnessed a lot growing up, yeah. domestic violence and
0: stuff. Right.
1: And I didn't need all that dragging back up. No. But this therapist wanted to go back mm. to the very beginning yeah. and see what was tri- what triggered me emotionally. Yeah. And I'd dealt with that. I'd made myself mentally tough as a kid. So you'd already crossed us through. Yeah, I'd crossed us through all that time. Yeah. But we spent mo- the first couple of months one mm. one, even about the accident. It was about childhood up to teens up, to, up mm. to that but on my very last session after four months, four months yeah i was still i was i was a lot better mm-hmm. i want suicidal That's i, I want thinking ways of, of disappearing yeah but i still wanted a great place yeah i wasn't drinking as much okay but I again i still was drinking but i, I wanted i want as bad as i was right and on my last session, she got me a prescription for some antidepressants. Mm. I, I refused them all the way up until this point. Yeah. Basically just because of the stigma around them. Yeah. Get on them, you know, I'm never yeah. going to get off Never get off them, yeah. So I didn't want to, so I, I kept refusing refusing. And she did a prescription there for some antidepressants. Mm-hmm. She said, I want you to go away from me She said, and just, she said, Steve, speak, I've got to know you. And you're an intelligent person, you, you could you could learn so much. And if you yeah. go on and learn about the mind, mm-hmm. the more you understand about it, the easier everything becomes. Yeah. Like dealing with your mental health. Yeah. She said, I've got every faith that if you go away and start to learn about it, you'll you'll you'll, you'll better yourself. Start to understand Stand, it. start to understand it. Yeah. So she's she said, Go and read up on mindfulness and stuff. Mm. And I started laughing at her. <laughs> and I said mindfulness I said I didn't all that all that meditation in shit. I said <laughs> I I into that yeah. and she started like she laughed and she was like
0: trust me mm.
1: give it a go mm. now normally as I passed my my, my local on my way home yeah. I popped in for a couple of pounds, but mm. she said don't go to the pub go home and start to learn about yourself yeah and as I'm driving past my local and I'm wanting to turn in, yeah. there's something in my mind that wouldn't let me because I just <laughs> <actually> planted something. <somebody.
2: laughs>
1: and I remember driving past it and smiling. And I went in, I went upstairs, got my laptop out, and I started reading about spirituality to start yeah. With yeah. And guardian angels. Yeah. Because everyone had told me that I, I shouldn't have survived and I was so lucky. Yeah. yeah. And you must have a, a guardian angel. So mm-hmm. I thought, I'll look into it. Yeah. And the more I kind of read and watched videos and downloaded Kindle and started reading everything, I, the more everything started making sense. Right, okay. And I did start to believe that. Yeah. Instead of thinking I was, I was supposed to die that day. Yeah. I was supposed to get in that trench that day. Because if I hadn't got in that trench, Yeah. Anthony and Jordan might both be dead. If there were two bodies in there, yeah. there would have been a fatality. Yeah,
0: one or both, Yeah, sure. so
1: if there were two bodies in that small trench, one mm-hmm. sat on that pipe and one in front of it, then. Yeah. There was going to be a fatality. So I was meant to get into that trench and I was meant to survive.
0: Jeez, so you've, you've so flipped, totally reframed fl- it, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I, I, I flipped it.
0: So how, how long when you after did you start making those realisations and start
1: that to reframe it? That was after I finished my last session of therapy. Yeah. Then maybe it had been a good three or four weeks of me right. looking into spirituality, mindfulness. Yeah. Breath work before breath work even became a big thing on social media. Yeah, um, I was sat doing all all of that. Yeah, meditating twice a day for ten minutes at a time.
2: And how did
0: that look? Was it was it just quiet moments or did just you just quiet about stuff? stuff? When I
1: first started, it was just quiet moments. Yeah. I didn't know any different. So, and it's hard to push them thoughts out yeah. when it's like anything. The more we do it, the better we become at it. Yeah. So I'd be sat focusing on my breath and then I'd have all these thoughts. I would even call myself an idiot and all sorts yeah. while I'm doing it. But I'd push him back out again. Mm. I, I, I was reading about and learning about NLP at the time as well, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah, yeah. So I understood a little bit, mm. but it yeah, it totally transformed my mindset mm. completely. And then I start I did start to think I did have a guardian angel. Yeah. And, and everything does happen for a reason. And mm. I went in there. So they didn't die and not knowing it was ever going to put me on the path to doing yeah. what I'm now doing as a coach. Yeah, a power speaker. Yeah. But the more she, the therapist was right, the more I read, the more I learned. Yeah. The more it opened up my mind to who we are and why we're here and what mm-hmm. we go through
2: through. Yeah.
1: How we process our emotions and deal with that. We're all the same, but we're all completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? So yeah. what works for me might not work for you. Mm. But reading what I was reading, and doing what I was doing, totally opened up my mind. Yeah. And a, a big part of what truly turned it around was self-hypnosis. Right. Okay. So reading about spirituality. Because I didn't even know that were a thing. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So self-hypnosis, it's like meditation. Right. But you, you'd literally get in a nice comfortable chair like this oh, yeah. one, sit back, breathe in through your nose, breathe out, get yourself in a really nice relaxed state. Yeah. When you're in that relaxed state, that's when you kind of talk to the subconscious. Right. Okay. That's what the therapist do, is get, get you into that relaxed state, so okay. they can bypass your, your critical part of your mind where you, and get into your subconscious. Right. And mm-hmm. if you'll get relaxed enough mm. and get into that kind of better state, you you can give yourself confidence, wow. tell yourself you can achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and what I did, I'd get myself into that relaxed state. Yeah. And I put myself directly back into that trench. Ah, okay. So when in reality I'm in my mind, Mm. I'm screaming for God and I'm my kids and I'm praying, please, please, I can't die. Yeah. And I'm a panic, I'm just one big panic. Yeah. I put myself back in there but sat nice and calm. Ah, And I told myself, everything works
0: out. Wow. So going back to the catalyst and totally reframing it from that point. Took
1: myself back to the trauma. Wow. But in my head, in my mind, I sat there, uh, nice and calm, and I'm not screaming for the kids. Yeah. And I'm telling myself, you get through this, everything's all right. Yeah. And doing that, it didn't happen instantly. No. Mm-hmm. Doing that over a period of time mm-hmm. stopped it triggering. So before that, even the smell of water really? from a
2: yeah,
1: I'd start shaking. PTSD would kick in. Really? after i took myself back to the trauma Mm. through self-hypnosis a a few times it didn't happen the triggering stopped really and basically you you can remap your brain yeah so the brain doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination yeah so as much as i know what really happened yeah if i can convince my mind that i was fine and i am fine it happened yeah it stops that trigger eventually you'll believe yeah, that that's the case your mind be- your, your believes don't it if you think of them as separate entities in a way yeah yeah the mind the subconscious starts to believe right so it stopped triggering it stopped trying to protect me yeah because that's all it's doing and that's why it, it is yeah. it. fight
2: flight right? yeah
1: so anyway so then i thought that was absolutely amazing yeah so then i, I started studying hypnotherapy so i studied spirituality for a, yeah. a long time yeah then i've gone into mindfulness yeah then i started studying hypnotherapy and self-hypnosis okay nlp became more of a part then and i put myself on a nlp practitioner course right um because again the way we talk the way we, we reframe things yeah the way we use our imagination mm-hmm. everything we do in life stems yeah. from the imagination yeah it does so, so this is
0: all self-investment at this point this is all it? just me yeah just literally rolling
1: with whatever was popping up on on my YouTube or my yeah. courses or anything else. So someone would say to me, "Have you been on like about five six years ago? Have you been on Centre of Excellence?" I was like, "What's mm-hmm. that?" I was like, "Just you can do courses online." Yeah. Like, I had a look and that. and that was it. I just again self awareness, self improvement, yeah. just doing as many courses as I could on dealing with depression, and hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. and it was all stuff that I know what I've read now for like the last ten years. Yeah but putting it all into 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 myself into courses and stuff But yeah. I, again up until five years ago i had no intention of being a life coach or a speaker mm. and then i got myself out of that dark hole yeah with the help of a therapist yeah. and put me on the path to learning what i was learning mm-hmm. i got out of that dark hole right and then five years ago almost five years ago i was working as a, a manager for a tree surgery company my, my, my mates tree surgery company yeah and one of the climbers is scared of it is an arborist right okay climbs trees for a living
2: yeah scared of it scared of it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so we got Good to chance.
1: we got to a job massive beech tree yeah and we get to and he looked at me and he's like I, I said boss i can't do it he said no, mm-hmm. i can't do it i said like, what do you mean you can't do it he said i can't do it I said, you can do it. I said, You're you, you fully trained, you're mm-hmm. competent. No, 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 no. He was white. He was like, I can't yeah, get right. up that tree.
0: Terrified. So
1: I was like, Come here. And I put his hands on my shoulders. I mm-hmm. put my hands on his shoulders. Got to close his eyes, take a few deep breaths. Yeah. And for about five minutes, I just swayed him from side to side. And I got him to imagine himself at the highest point of the tree. Really? Completely secure. Yeah. He's done all his training. He's got all these ropes. I said, Imagine each individual cut as you work your way down. Mm-hmm and he's visualizing all this and then I said open your eyes get up that tree and smash it yeah he opened his eyes he just went straight up the tree really and he smashed it oh my god and he came down at the end of the day but it about half full finished he came down big massive smile on his face yeah. he was like I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for you he's like thank you so much yeah how did that feel it, uh, amazing yeah but then I jokingly said to him I'll send you an invoice SK Life Coach <laughs> so uh-huh. Steve cared be like everything I've been learning over the last like at that point six years yeah i i, I was using it mm. so i said I'll, I'll send you an invoice SK life coach, <laughs> and he was he was laughing he was like you should yeah and at that point as well i'd already i'd helped i'd practiced with my hypnotherapy on family and stuff yeah so like my uncle's real low and confidence mm. and i got into anchor confidence and all of a sudden he said, I don't know what you've done to me, but I'm the most confident Miracle work. Yes, I was helping people just using the tools and techniques that yeah. got me, my confidence back. Yeah. It like, got me back to, because I self all self bet. And
2: then
1: all of a sudden, I, and I, before that, I was a really confident person. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I regained all my confidence. Mm. And after the episode with Nigel, when he went up the tree, I went home and I just thought to myself, why not now I've got no business skills whatsoever yeah. never had a business in my life
2: yeah
1: and I went on company house and I just put SK Life Coach in and it, it was taken
0: of course it
1: was so <laughs> I put SK Life Coach UK Actually, <laughs> <laughs> <then> <laughs> so Steve Kerr, the Life Coach UK yeah and it, it was available Perfect. so I started it that same night I set up a generic website with Wix nice and then the next day I got a business bank account
2: Unbelievable. I didn't
1: know I had no idea where I was going with it mm. but I thought if I can't help people, and make it a business, yeah. then why not? Know mm-hmm. And i would helped so many people anyhow, people knew of me in the area. Yeah. And then, so yeah, that's where I kind of got to from mm. 2011 from the accident yeah, up until like four and a half years ago. Mm. And then I put a message on LinkedIn just saying, my name's Steve Kirby. I was involved in a workplace accident, yeah. which destroyed me mentally. Yeah, I've now studied the mind for the last six years five years and i'm a, I'm a life coach uh, any guys who want that one-to-one yeah don't want to go for therapy but want to speak to someone they can relate to mm. then come and have a chat and with that uh, i think a, a few of posts little possible with a bit more detail about the acting yeah and a guy from skanska it. all right um, okay and got in touch through linkedin mm. i think i had about 20 followers at the time <laughs> so just yeah. And he was like, am I right in seeing that you survived about how you a pressure test failure?" Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. I said, um, job we shouldn't have been doing. I mean, we weren't trained, wasn't competent. Tried to stop the job. He said, he said, I just can't believe that I'm talking to you that you survived it. He said, that same year, we had a fatality. He said, one filled that three bar, and the guy died instantly. Bled, yeah. he said, three bar? He, and he yours was what again? 18? 18 bar. But I think the difference mm-hmm. was, Ours was a water, water test. It was mm-hmm. but it had lots of air trapped in the pipe. and right. That's why it blew the way it did. Okay. There's was g- gas test. Right. So the pressures are the same, but when the pop, the yeah. pops different. But because we had so much air in the one that mm-hmm. I was, that, that happened to me. It mm-hmm. might as well have been um, gas because it was. Yeah. It was it was full of air, so right. it, it would create a cannon. Kind
0: of, right. Okay. But
1: anyway, he gets in touch and he's like, "Steve, can you come to our head office in London, story <laughs> with our guys?" And I was like, "Well, um, yeah." And I, thought, <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to speak. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even like talk in front of a few people. Like, yeah. On site, I, I'd have a laugh with the guys on site. Yeah. But if it comes to anything serious, I was a guy that went bright red and yeah. couldn't do it. But I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> so that was happening in, like six weeks or so, and then. I got in touch with a client where i had the accident because yeah. after being off work for seven months i went back on there where that worked on there on and off for what four years right so I, with, everyone knew me everyone knew about the accident yeah yeah That even named the corner of where the accident happened they've got a street time so up have called it, it have corner oh no way um just taking the piss in and without it in a way yeah, but, yeah. but it was i was back on that mm. um i could face it and I had a good relationship for everyone so yeah. I got in touch with the, the boss the client and I said can I have some information from the investigation yeah because I need some pictures to share I said not powerpoint as such but just so yeah. they can understand what bit of context didn't what it? happened yeah, yeah. context and it there was a pause on the phone he said Steve we're not going to want you to do it that's so what do you mean he said leave it with me and I'll speak to my bosses yeah now he was like the top man on that site at that point right so i left it and i was like all right get back to me yeah and about three weeks passed and i've been trying to get in touch with him nothing nothing not i'd emailed i'd call messages really? got to a point where you know they're ignoring yeah you. really or silence yeah so someone said to me write to the hse for freedom of information yeah and they'll give you the full report and all the pictures and everything mm. so i wrote to the hse and i i got a, an email back a couple of days later saying we don't know anything about you don't know anything about an incident no way we don't know who you are and I said, well, and I explained in more detail, like the hospital, yeah, everything that happened, so no, no, we, what, where was it again? Who was it for? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. So then I, I sent an email to the client, mm. the boss man. And I said, why don't the HSE know anything about the accident? Yeah. And it had been ignoring me for weeks. <laughs> Within five minutes, he rang me up. <laughs> oh, he was like, God. what What do you mean the HSE? I said, well, i got in touch with the HSE for freedom of information. Yeah. And they don't know anything about it. He was like, "Oh, um, do you want to come on site tomorrow, and we'll explain to you how we reported
2: it?" Oh my god!
1: So I was like, "Well, yeah." So I goes on site. It smells I was, fishy. It yeah, is. goes on site. They brought the safety guy back, who since retired, but he was a safety guy at the time of the incident. Yeah. And I was expecting to see a laptop or a, a folder or some kind of incident report on the table. Yeah. And all there was was an A4 bit of paper. Right. And on the top of this bit of paper, it said "Dangerous occurrence." And then in the box on the paper it said operative suffered minor injuries whilst during hygerside pressure test failure. <sighs> but he didn't say I was in the training train, or anything else. Yeah. And I said, minor injuries. <laughs> and he said, well, statement. he said, You didn't you didn't break any bones. <laughs> said, and I was like, but I had stitches, I was unconscious, I was yeah. my ligaments was torn, I was having cortisol injections for months, yeah. physio in my elbows. I was told I'll never lift weights again. You yeah. know what I mean? I, if, it's if, not
0: mine that, is it? I
1: can't I can't walk. Even now, I can't walk more than about I don't know. If I walk for about five or ten minutes, my feet start aching really, really? About, yeah, it's what? Just, just like a dull ache. What? Um but I'm guessing for my boots to be blown off the way there was Yeah. big impact out of my feet. Must have been. And he said he just put his head down, and he said, Yeah, he said we, we reported a dangerous occurrence rather than a riddle report accident. <sighs> so I said can I take that with me please I see I said if it was your someone you knew personally at the time yeah. a friend a family member would that have still just been a dangerous occurrence or would it have been reported properly um, and another thing on the day of the accident the client had their own on-site ambulance right big client mm. big principal contractor yeah 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 they had their own on-site ambulance mm. so the guys have got me out of the trench I'm covered in blood I'm covered in shrapnel like yeah those the, minor the, injuries all those minor injuries <laughs> and the ambulance turns up blue flashing lights sirens the guy walks straight past me i knew i don't know all of this i'm a lot of it's what i've been told as well because yeah. I, I was in our consciousness mm. but he walks past me and he's looking at the, the trench and what's happened yeah and he's taking a good five or ten minutes on the radio mm-hmm. uh-huh, looking at the area mm. and i and talking to the guys then comes and gets me oh my and, God. and they help me into the ambulance.
0: So he's just gone straight
1: to It looked Looked at what's happened. Yeah. Seeing that I'm still alive, basically. Yeah. Just, but like, I think the James said I was having like conv- convulsion because I mm. drowned, I was spewing and trying to get my breath in. Yeah. But he's more interested in the trench and mm. seeing what's happened. Yeah. Now, comes back, They get to me in the ambulance, they mm. clean my head up, put a gauze on my head to stop the bleeding. Yeah.
2: Clean my face
1: up a little bit. Take me to the medical center, the Royal mm-hmm. medical center.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They stripped me naked
2: because
1: yeah. uh, it was ice cold water. It was. you got get your clothes freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stripped me naked. Then they realized they had nothing to fit me, so <laughs> they had one pair of trousers, but I couldn't get a leg in. Yeah. So all what they had on the side was a paper hazmat so Oh my god, I've seen uh, it, Yeah. One of the but you get the nice white ones mm. or you get the completely see-through <laughs> like cloth like paper mark. yeah i've seen them yeah and that's what this one was my god. god so i'm completely bollocko mm. getting to it i've got i'm not thinking of that at the time i'm not all over modesty or anything yeah but i've got a room full of men and women who are all talking about what do we do what's this what's going on yeah i put yeah. that on that puts me in the, the works coat on top that come up with some decision that gets me back in the ambulance yeah i'm thinking i'm on my way to the whole world infirmary They've got sirens on, blue flashing lights. Yeah. We're, we're off. Literally a minute and a half, two minutes later, we stop, mm. and we're in the car park. Oh my God! And they took me out of the ambulance and put me into James's car, into a colleague's car. No way! And told him to take me to the man of injuries unit on the on the council estate to get my head stitched up. Oh my God! So we get, I'm in the car. I I can't and i can't remember much of it i can't mm. remember the trip on again james kept saying to me don't die don't die stay yeah. with me stay with me we'll get some minor injuries and it's packed and they're not expecting me yeah naturally so james kind of sits me down mm. goes and sees the guy on reception says i need stitches in my head he's like yeah a nurse will be with you We was sat in there for half an hour before a nurse came through oh my god and she didn't even come through for me she came through for but she she took one look at me yeah and her words were what the fuck are you doing here you look like you're being beat up by 10 men my and God. james said "It's the company not rang up he's been in an accident that way she said yeah. no nobody's wrong she took me straight through took all my blood pressure and everything yeah she said no she said you need to be at A&E. you need to be hospital yeah she said i can't do anything so she was going to get me an ambulance james said don't bother with an ambulance i'll get him there quicker by the time an ambulance comes here yeah i can have him there yeah so again, they get someone to help me because I can't, walk. can't so walk. they're helping me back in the car. It sets off to all Royal, which normally would be about a 20 minute drive away. Yeah. We get stuck in traffic and towards the town center. "Oh my God. James's phone goes, and it's the shift manager, site manager. and he's like, "What's happening?" Yeah, so James, again, this is just what James has like told me. yeah. James is like, "Oh, we've been to minor injuries." They can't do anything, it's got to go to winning so run our way to WE. Yeah. His words were for fuck's sake, make sure you're both on site tomorrow. Oh my I, god. Up. So I've got <sighs> like, James has told me that. Yeah. I get to Hospital, I get took straight through, they mm. stitch me up, they give me scans, mm. they scan my arms, my, my feet, they, they get the pipe bedding out, they clean me up. Yeah. The accident happened that's just after
0: three o'clock. I got to WE for half past six. Half past six? So there's a big gap in between. Yes. I was just going to say, ask then, it sounded like a long time. It'd right? be <laughs> yeah. three and a half hours. Yeah,
1: so, <laughs> so it's a long time before I even got to hospital. Yeah. Then, once I'm in hospital, once I've been cleaned up and I've had all my scanners and everything else, it's,
2: yeah.
1: it's getting on towards 11 o'clock. Yeah. And that's when they're looking for me in bed. And I'm like, no, nah, I just want to go home to my kids. Yeah. i, I are out staying in hospital. Mm. No way. And there's like, because you've got an head injury, because you've been unconscious, because you've drowned, yeah. we advise that you stay in. And I was like, look, if I start feeling worse, I'll come straight back. Mm. But I'm going home. I want to go home and I want to hold my boys.
2: Yeah. So I goes
1: okay. home. I, I spoke about the flashbacks earlier on, which yeah. led to me 10-12 calls, so I've medicated. I goes home at eight o'clock the following morning there was a knock at the door. Mm. And it was one of the guys from work. And he'd been sent to pick me up to take me to site because I had to give a statement yeah so I'm like I said so I can't physically move yeah. I'm in agony I can't yeah. like, I can't move don't worry about it I'll help you out so literally carries me into the minibus to make sure I've got my site card to swipe in yeah gets me to site swipes me in going the, the, the director from the principal contractor comes over mm. and he's like hi right, Steve he said look all I need from you is a statement Go and sit in the office, we'll get all the answers. I said, Well, can I go do it now? He yeah. said, No, I need to speak to the other six guys first. Uh, the other five guys first, mm-hmm. then I'll speak to you to get yours. He said, It'll be about half one this afternoon. And I was like, oh, I I can't stay, here, don't yeah. I was I was dying, yeah. I was in agony. I bet. He said, Look, we're not gonna put you back in the machine out. Right? we're trying to make a joke out of it. just sit in the office, we'll get you a coffee, we'll look after you. I'm sat in the office, I'm waiting, and then one of the other supervisors comes by and he, he kind of took a double take. He he walked by, saw me, yeah. came back. He said, What are you doing here? I said, They've told me I've got to come in to give a statement.
2: Yeah. He
1: said, I bet they are. He said, Get in my van, come on, I'm taking you home. So then he took me out. Yeah. And then the client ended up coming to my house the following day for statements. And, yeah. And Unless I was should have done. Yeah. It. And I was off work for seven months. But coming back yeah. to this little sort of meeting when I'd gone back to mm-hmm. find out how it was reported, they didn't get me an ambulance that day because they knew if they got me an ambulance, mm-hmm. they'd have to inform the police, or would then inform the HSE. Yeah. So the HSE would have been there,
2: hundred percent,
1: straight away. Yeah. So from the very moment it happened, mm-hmm. they started having them conversations, and they chose it that wasn't going to everybody. find a
0: way to not report Yeah,
1: it, it. it won't get reported. Yeah. No matter what, <sighs> so it was covered up from from the outset yeah now i share this in my presentations because if we don't report something we don't learn from it if something yeah. happens and we don't talk about it we yeah. don't learn from it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and three months after that incident had happened scans had a fatality that's why they got me in to share my story yeah now i asked the nhc they'd, they'd have investigated it as fast as that. Mm. but there was also other fatalities from anti
0: testing yeah. after that since then yeah exactly
1: <laughs> If they'd have reported it in the correct way and the HSC was able to do their job, then a UK briefing is going to go out course, yeah. on rules and regulations around yeah. testing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which could potentially save, if my story was out, my accident was out there, Yeah, could have stopped somebody else from doing it. Yeah, it could have potentially saved lives. Mm-hmm. The fact they covered it up, and the only reason it was covered up, mm-hmm was because to protect the KPIs. Of course it is. Yeah yeah. So yeah. the two point three million man hours were a lost time incident. Yeah. Them guys at the top who was getting their end bonus for having no not lost time incident, they'd have lost their
0: bonus. Follow the money. That's And that's, that's what that's that's, done.
1: that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And sh- I know the, I know the main guys and if they're listening <laughs> I know
0: who <where> you are. <laughs> but
1: the main guys who got a bonus that year. Yeah. Because of lost they didn't have lost time incident. Yeah. And it was they chose not to cover it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they chose to cover it up, so they got their bonus. I've spoken to a big high up manager within that business who didn't know nothing about it, who should have known everything about it. Yeah, this was a few years ago, immediately later. within days. And he said, The reason the fact I don't know about it, yeah, is because it was kept in house. The reason it was kept in house mm. is because they'd loss of bonuses. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> so,
0: I can't, I can't
1: but, even. but that could have prevented so many other fatalities it could have done it really it really could have done and that's yeah. the importance of reporting and that's why you're doing what you're doing and that leads me to now yeah so yeah. i ended up i did end up getting some pictures and some information look at the, one of the guys took pictures the next day at the site yeah which you would be able to show yeah yeah uh, it's the aftermath basically mm. and he had thirty two pictures on a memory stick and he found the memory stick in a puddle of water in his garage. No way. This, obviously this was what like seven years after <laughs> oh my after God. it happened. And he he let it dry out mm. and most of the files was corrupt. Right. But six photos or eight photos was saveable. Right. So they're the ones I've got, yeah. what you? Oh, so I you? Everything happens for a reason. It really does. You know I mean? So, so there was kept. But I mean, when I spoke to the HSE, just used to go yeah. back to that. Yeah. Because it was six years after the the incident, mm-hmm. that come, the one into it. So anything,
2: anything after that. So anything over six
1: years, the HSE can't go back to. That's incredible. Or somewhere around that time. But I think the other thing that put, because I got passed up from the HSE from, Like the woman who first got in touch, she passed me higher and higher in in the ranks, if you like. Yeah. And the guy I spoke to, as soon as he asked me who the client was, Mm -hmm. and I told him, he said, Oh no, we can't help you. Really? Too big. Too big a client, I think. That's
0: what it boiled down to. (sighs) It's 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 a struggle, is that, in it? Because all you want to do is get the message out there and and report it, right? But people are turning away from it. Yeah. So so basically from for a kid who grew up on a council estate, yeah. with no
1: qualifications, mm. um, single mom, to then follow the career that followed from a labourer to being site supervisor, three six operator, yeah, and now for the last almost five years, mm. becoming a coach and a keynote speaker, yeah, um, is I've kind of come a long way you've it? come very long <laughs> way probably <laughs> something you've never on, even thought of on yeah. a bit of a journey yeah you know I mean? absolutely well if, if that accident have never have happened yeah then I won't be who I am today yeah so exactly my yeah. message when I share my presentation when I've done my talks mm-hmm. I talk about all of that in detail yeah and it's if we don't feel safe if we've got that voice in our head before we're about to do something mm-hmm. and we've got a voice in our head saying hey, it'll be alright yeah. if we're having to tell ourselves it'll be alright yeah. it's not Mm-hmm. so whether that's whether you're driving home and playing with your phone or yeah decorating at home and standing on a chair the like, night the second you're saying to yourself be all right
0: yeah you're convincing yourself so yeah, it's not right
1: yeah that's your instinct telling you but it might not
2: be
0: yeah
1: so stop yeah stop give yourself five seconds just think what is worst case scenario so mm-hmm. that's the point from a presentation mental health mm-hmm. I don't care who you are how tough you think you are yeah wherever you are in your head whatever your background is mm-hmm. you cannot deal with it alone mm-hmm. if you don't talk about your emotions they get thrown in that backpack on your shoulders yeah and it and gets heavier, heavier. And heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier the second you start talking to somebody about it that backpack lightens its load yeah mm-hmm. um and it helps
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm now coaching i get myself to just guys who are available, similar industries. Yeah. But I'm speaking to teenage girls' health farming and- Oh, really? People who are addicted to-, to Just a white substances. School. Yeah. Uh, a grandma I, I worked oh, with wow. recently, who, who had cancer and she was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, it's not just guys in construction. Yeah. Which I, it's, I, I look, I, it's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. When someone turns around to me and says, Thank you so much. I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. There's no better feeling. They'll, or they'll say, You've you've changed my life. It's like, I ain't done nothing. You've done it. I've just given you some tools mm-hmm. and techniques. But you're the one who's put it into action. But without that. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's, there's no better feeling than, yeah. than knowing that you've helped someone. To, cause especially when you've been to that low yourself. Yeah. When you've, you've been at that bottom. Relatable. And you know where someone's at. And yeah. then having that conversation with them. Or a few sessions, mm-hmm. and they're in a completely different mindset. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So now I do believe
2: it happened for a reason. Yeah,
1: I did get blown up, and I did survive it. Yeah, and it shouldn't happen to people. I mean, this yeah. one hundred and thirty-five people killed that way last year across all sectors. Yeah, it happens. It does, and it's, it is preventable. All accidents are preventable. Someone once said that to me: "All accidents are preventable." And I laughed at them, and I said, like, "No, the, accidents happen." But now I realize all accidents are preventable.
0: Especially at work where you've got control measures. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it it shouldn't be happening in 2023 Mm -hmm. heading towards 2024. Yeah. We shouldn't be having the amount of fatalities and injuries that we're having Mm -hmm. in the workplace with the safety guidance and the regulations Mm -hmm. and the PPE that we've got. Yeah. You should be as safe as you are at home. It's not safer. safer,
0: yeah, I would say. Do you know what I mean? It's not a dangerous environment. Yeah, exactly. But
1: complacency does kick in. We do. I got in that trench because I wanted to save a few minutes and so I yeah. wanted to go home. Yeah. If it if weren't nearly on time, I want to have got in that trench. There's two young lads have still been in there. So in you know, order to save time or a little bit of money, if there's a bonus involved, yeah. we will cut corners.
0: Human nature, really? It is
1: human nature. It is. Yeah. So when it, it comes to that, it is a case of just stop and ask yourself, is yeah. it worth it? Because, yeah, you want a way to live in. Mm. Yeah, you want to get being somewhere at a certain time. But you, you also want to be you for a long time. Of course you do. And by cutting corners, you risk you put yourself at risk.
2: Yeah. so
1: it's incredible. incredible. And if and if we witness witnessing it or if mm-hmm. something's happening, talk about it. Because yeah. if we don't report something, same in safety as it is in your mind. Of course it's, it's, If we're not gonna report it and talk about it, mm-hmm. it's not getting sorted. It's not gonna change. Yeah. There's no change it won't change. Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
2: So, in order to
1: make that change, you've got to the person to change.
0: What a story, Steve! Oh, cheers you know, very much. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I did. I didn't expect you to go to go where you went to there. That like you've you've been through from some stuff, man. Um, that's what an unbelievably powerful message, and and I bet like, a lot of people will take a lot out of that. So, thank you. Life is a story,
1: and we all go through chapters. Mm. That was very nearly my final, the end of my story. Yeah not just from the accident but from my mental health mm-hmm. thankfully it wasn't I, I wrote the next chapter and now I am I'm not with Kay me and Kate split a couple of years ago I uh, totally kind of agreeing together that yeah we've we, we got to a certain place in the relationship where we was yeah. stuck
2: right
1: but I'm now married to my first ever true love if you like girl, oh, really? girl was with about 16. oh wow. Never seen each other for twenty years. Yeah. We're back together, out of the blue. Facebook. She liked oh, wow. she liked my Facebook profile. <laughs> We're now married after two, like two years. Got married in October. Amazing. Um I'm travelling the country talking and doing the job that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I'm travelling the world for like visiting places. Yeah. Um doing stuff that I I never dreamed I'd be doing. Yeah. But it shows if you put the work in, yeah. if you if you reach out, if you speak to somebody, mm. you can fully turn your life around yeah. and you can't do anything.
0: I, I, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. And it, it starts with mental strength um, yeah, and getting there. But I, I think you're doing what you're supposed to be. For having not spoke for you for, what, <laughs> a couple of three hours today. I, I genuinely feel that what you're doing now is what you were meant, oh, was, was what you're path, meant to be doing. I'm on the path to be doing Exactly. However, that happened, you know, there might have been a different catalyst. But I think it all leads to this, um, and where you can, you're inevitably going to take your, your success and, and helping others in the future. So I oh, think okay. uh, not just me. I think we're all grateful for <laughs> for you being sat here, mate, and, and what you're going to be doing. So we'll start to wrap up there. I've just got three little questions for you. See, um, we ask everybody these uh, just to see what we get out of it. So I'm sure you've got one. Um, <laughs> but, but what is your life motto that you live by? Um,
1: you can, like what I say to everybody is don't let someone else's opinion of of what they've got yeah, mm-hmm. be your reality because yeah. that's some of that I went on on for a long time yeah but someone else's opinion of you is just their opinion yeah you create your own reality so if anyone's ever put you down or said you can't do this or you're, you're a certain type of person you're not you you're whoever you want to be right I like that. I mean, that. yeah, I do so, that what you mean. Yeah, yeah, so you're who you want to be, and don't mm. let anybody tell you you've got to be any different. Yeah, I mean, I like that. It's yeah, and that's like again going back to my beginnings. Yeah, I'm, I'm off council estate of single mom, no GCSEs. Yeah, did I was good at school, mm. but I was also a little shit, and <laughs> I, I chose not to do my exams. I, yeah, I, I probably would have done alright, but I just yeah, the teachers couldn't believe me, but I I was in the wrong crowd, and I didn't yeah. want to be. And that I was supposed to end up in prison also. that's what my uncle said. Yeah. But I mean I'm not gonna amount to anything and I'm gonna yeah. end up in prison. But it doesn't matter what your background is or who you are or mm-hmm. you this is your world stems from your imagination. Yeah, you, you you create your world. You you talk to the right people, you do the right things, you
0: educate yourself in the way that you have to be educated. Yeah. And you can achieve anything. I truly believe that. Well you're, you're you you're living testament <laughs> you, yeah. clearly. Um, what book or podcast would you recommend that you've listened to or read recently?
1: Well I'd definitely recommend this podcast. Oh, no, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like as far as books, uh, I read a book called Three Magic Words on my, when my journey first started. Okay. And it's an old book and that kind of opened my eyes a lot. Right. And basically that book at the end of it, we won't give so much away, the three magic words are I am God. Okay. So if you're a religious person or not, yeah. you are the god of your world. Right, okay. Your actions, the way you react emotionally to certain things. Yeah. You as what you said, you create your I world. Love that. And that so that is a really good book to kind of get you into okay. that. Dr Jodie Spencer is a I'm a big fan. Love Jodie. So anything of Jodie, yeah. Um, I've read all his books, I watched what most of his YouTube and his podcasts yeah. and whatnot. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a massive influence. Yeah, and, and a lot of the old stuff. But and obviously Tony Robbins as a coach. Yeah. is he again? He come from humble background. He is doing what he's doing. So yeah. See what the next five years brings.
0: Exactly, yeah. Selling out stadiums, Tony Robbins. Are you, are you, the UK's Tony, <laughs> Tony, Robbins, Tony Robbins. Exactly. Why not? And final one. Uh, what message? I think we've covered quite a bit of this already. But uh, what message do you have for the HSE industry to help empower change? A big one for the HS industry. A lot of companies that I still talk to, not many nowadays, but
1: still offer cash incentives, bonuses. Yeah. With regards to safety. Uh-huh, okay. So if they're still counting how many days of lost time incident, yeah, and they go a year of lost time incident, there's yeah. a cash bonus there for management or uh-huh. whatever at the top. Yeah. If you're offering cash incentives with regards to safety, mm-hmm. it just encourages non-reporting. It does. So that has got to be stopped. That's, it's something that was done, it's an old mm. thing. Yeah. And it's, it's got to be stopped. I really like that message actually. So, that's something I kind of preach about. Yeah.
0: Because, it is, it's mm. massively, just encourages non-reporting. I really like that. So that's something you can see a tangible change on if we, if you get that yeah. on word. Yeah. That if,
1: and when I speak to companies, I'll ask yeah. them the question and I'll, I'll say to them why. Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. Yeah why why does safety deserve safety is safety it's there anyhow mm-hmm. you shouldn't be offering cash bonuses because you've had a safe site yeah because the reality is you haven't had a safe site mm-hmm. you've had a load of minor injuries you've had a load of shit going on yeah just you've just covered it all covered it over yeah.
2: yeah so i like it it
1: it, it, it encourages if anything give a cash incentive mm-hmm. for when something's gone wrong yeah. how they've dealt with it yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean. As it been reported in the right way, mm-hmm. how was the person treated? Was they looked after? Did they get offered mental support and, and all the rest of it?
2: Is? I so, like that.
0: I like that a lot. So yeah, that's sort uh, stuff. Amazing, yeah. Steve. Unbelievable. That I'm really, really grateful for how much you've shared there. Your candidness and and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure hundreds and thousands of people are listening to this um, and yeah. get a lot out of it. So yeah, I, again, really appreciate you coming over. Amazing story and. um yeah, long way continue. Keep pushing the message. Right?
1: Right, I uh, will keep pushing. Push, yeah. But
0: no, it's been, um,
1: thank you for having me. Always. Nice. Come back again. And yeah, SK Life Coach UK. If yes. anybody does need to reach out, feel free mm-hmm. drop me a message, give me a shout.
0: Where's the best place to find you, Steve? It's
1: just sklifecoachuk.com.
0: All the socials, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, all the socials. Everything's SK UK. Okay. LinkedIn, Stephen Kirby. But again, if you put SK UK, it'll come up. It's
0: going to come up, yeah. And um, um, the website's sklifecoachuk.com. Um, Perfect. Thanks. Highly, highly recommended. I can't I can't say enough. Um, and in person, it's even more powerful. So so get everybody getting in touch. SK Life Coach and like you say, at SK Life Coach UK. Yeah, uh, SK Life Coach
1: UK. Uh, there is an SK Life Coach out there somewhere. Yeah. Make sure it's Steve Care, the Life Coach UK. Um, but no, again, the keynote speaker in any businesses out there looking for a speaker. <laughs> Contact myself. or contact Abby at Proud to be Safe. Yes. Um, because teaming up with them guys again, a whole team of inspirational speakers. You know I mean, it's a top team. So give them a shout or drop me a message, and we can help. Well, help with the mindset of any... any. So everybody on safer.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Thanks very much, mate. And um, until next time. Cheers, Alex. Thank Take you. Thank you.